Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. This is Megan. And on this part two of part one episode. By the way, we apologize. We didn't uh, give everybody a heads up that we had a bonus episode coming out. We thought we would release this episode beforehand, but we ran into a lot of shit. <laughs> uh, one, the AC in our home kaput. And well, we, not kaput. Don't jinx it. Don't manifest It's If any AC people out there that are listening, I, I don't know if anyone is. Um, it's blowing air. It's on. It's just not blowing cold air. Yeah. So. so, But on the bright side, we were able to at least put some window like units in for right now because they're taking forever to come fix it. Yeah. Well, apparently everyone their dog has AC problems. And their job is to fix them. And it's the summertime when exactly that stuff is going to happen. And they're short-staffed. <sighs> it's like a grocery store complaining, why is everybody buying food? I, uh, we're running out. I didn't expect it. Yeah. yeah. You're in the work, in the job. that Whatever. I'm just annoyed by it. Anyway, so because if you hear... you hate the heat. Yes. I'm glad I have an AC unit in my room. <sighs> like a sleep. Right. But when yeah. the room we're in, there's nothing here. I mean... So if you hear like a random car drive by or someone playing music loud or whatever, that's just because yeah, you have the windows have open. The windows open. Plus, we're kind of going back to a different kind of editing thing where at the very beginning of our as podcasting journey. Don't tell people how sausage is made. Ew, out of all things, you had to say sausage. <laughs> it's an old phrase. I don't like that. Well, not that I don't like that, but Okay. Uh, you throw me off but we're trying a different thing to see i don't know just just to give it just see how we like it we've been kind of like experimenting different things with the pod podcast since yeah so we're trying to edit out less less stuff like obviously you guys don't want to hear ums and yeahs and yeah. stuff like that because uh, we uh, say it a lot. <laughs> I know because I have to edit it out. But we definitely want to kind of get the room sounds, if that makes sense, to create more depth. Yes. Yeah. But uh, like Isaac said, we are covering the Bridgewater Triangle again. Part two. Part two. So This is all about crypt- aliens and cryptids. Cryptids, yeah. So if you guys have not heard Bridgewater Triangle Part 1... Definitely go because uh, it goes more in depth of the the places that I'm talking about here. So um, why would you watch part two of a movie and not watching part one? I am that person. I do that sometimes. Like who's that? Why are they? Why is that character? Why do they have beef? You know. Yeah. So I've done that for I don't know what series, but I've done that for a couple movies. But the Bridgewater Triangle, as as much as is known for. Uh, the satanic cults, the weird rituals that people have found there. The ghosts. The, the ghost, the uh, uh, weird stuff like that. There is also a heavy amount of cryptids. Heavy amount. Um, and some UFO stuff. So for you guys, it would be better, instead of slamming you with all this information at once, we thought it would be better to split it up in two parts. So this is the second part. Are you ready to dive in? I mean, yeah. I've been Why ready. are you saying like that? What? You ready to dive in? I like that. You ready to dive in? Anna. Into the pool of the Bridgewater Triangle? It feels like an over-cliched phrase. <laughs> As we delve into today's topic. No, I'm just Meh. kidding. Okay. So, like I said, we're covering cryptids. And just to give a little bit of an overview of the kind of cryptids we're talking about, uh, Bridgewater Triangle is known for a Bigfoot-like creature. Thunderbirds, a Native American folklore creature called Apukwaji. Hopefully I say that right. I always feel like I say it wrong. These giant snakes and even the Dover demon. I guess we'll start with Bigfoot because that's in cryptids. That's like the most talked about, I want to say, other than like Mothman and all that stuff. But so Bigfoot. So it's... It's a Bigfoot-like creature. There had been numerous reports of Bigfoot sightings in the Bridgewater Triangle over the years. Uh, witnesses have described seeing a large bipedal creature covered... Bipedal. Bipedal. Oops. Bipedal. <laughs> there's, there's two pedals on that bike? Oh, my gosh. Mm. <laughs> they should put that on a... 
It's a bipedal creature and have Bigfoot on a bike. Friends, on a bike. That's a t-shirt right there. <laughs> <laughs> a large bipedal uh, ding, cover- ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Covered in hair, often in the vicinity of the Hockamock Swamp. So, like I said, multiple witnesses have encountered a half-man, half-ape being that is similar to Bigfoot. Uh, everyone from local business owners to people that have gone there for media purposes, i.e., you know, even paranormal investigating and covering the Bridgewater Triangle have had experiences and a lot of law enforcement as well. One story in particular in 1970, two police officers, they were sitting in their car when they suddenly began to lift off the ground. When they felt something lifting the rear of the car, one officer used a flashlight to shine on what was being on what was doing this or who was doing this, and they said it looked like a massive bear man. And once they looked at what was lifting the car up it immediately ran into the woods and that happened in abington Mm. another one also happened in dang the 70s was bigfoot decade i guess well it was like i don't say a new thing but if you believe the conspiracy theory around which is there's a conspiracy theory around a conspiracy theory around a conspiracy theory so it's like inception conspiracy theories but the conspiracy theory around bigfoot's hoaxness is that a guy, I forgot freaking where, somewhere up north, had fake um, big feet imprints, right? And he put them in the mud around certain places mm. and claimed there was a Bigfoot in the area. And he kind of started the craze and he actually started selling Bigfoot merchandise. He kind of did it as a ploy to fake it. Dang. But there have been people who had seen Bigfoot creatures in the woods and there's so many stories, it's kind of hard to ignore. I mean, I think Bigfoot in general, it's not but, so... But, but, I would say save major opinions until we actually do the Bigfoot episode. Okay. Well, no, it's going back to something that was already said. When I did the episode with my sister Gwen, and she was uh, talking about cryptids and how she doesn't find them too far off. Like, she said, why is a creature similar to Bigfoot so far-fetched of an idea? Because she said, like, it is ape-like, so... What if it just evolved in a lot of areas in the United States and across the world and stuff like that have not been dis- like not discovered, but haven't like been researched into like there's desolate areas that these creatures could thrive in. So, well, it goes with my theory that uh, or my my personal theory is that Bigfoot is a failed experiment of the uh, Anunnaki when they were trying to get the human uh, formula down. Dang. Like, like they said, ah, it's too big and dumb. They threw it away and they oh. survived. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this one happened in Freetown and several residents reported hearing strange noises coming from the nearby woods. Some witnesses claimed to have seen a large hairy creature moving through the trees and the creature was described as being as between seven and eight feet tall, weighing several hundred pounds. Some residents even claimed to have seen footprints up to 17 inches in length. Mm. And then in the Hockamock Swamp area, uh, this was also mentioned, uh, his stories were told from his point of view in the Bridgewater Triangle documentary that's out, which we'll link it in the description because it's, it's super interesting. But in 1978, a man named Joseph DeAndrade uh, reported seeing a large hairy creature standing near a stream in the swamp. And he said he, in the documentary, he tells a story about how uh, he heard, like, he couldn't even describe what it was. He tried to imitate the sound. It's kind of funny. He tried to imitate the sound in the documentary, but it was very, very hard to do. That it was very, basically shit in your pants. Mm. <laughs> like, whoa, what the hell was that? And so, yeah, I definitely recommend checking that out because how he, he tells multiple encounters. But yeah, that's, that's, I mean, it's typical, like, Bigfoot stories. And it's all over the Bridgewater Triangle. It's not just, I mean, it makes sense that it's mainly in, like, the Freetown area and the Hockamock Swamp because I feel like those are places that probably Bigfoot chills out in. So, right? Another thing to look look out for when we go there. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
at this point, we not only have like paranormal activity in terms of like ghosts and apparitions and the whole paranormal investigating side. Then last episode, we talked about how there was actual people that are freaky out there mm. that um, do weird stuff like rituals and animal mutilations. And there's been missing people and there's been murders, crimes. Huh. So now we also have cryptids out here. <laughs> and so the next one isn't so like... I guess freaky. I mean, I guess if you see like a huge pterodactyl like bird flying, it's kind of like, whoa. But like my sister said in that one episode when we were starting to talk about cryptids, she was like, could you imagine the first time somebody saw a shark or an alligator? Like, whoa, what is that? (laughs) You know? So, I mean, I guess and any of these creatures, if you haven't seen them before, you would be like, whoa, what the heck is that? But the next thing, and it's specifically talked about about this area, and it makes sense because of the Native American history of this location, and that is a Thunderbird. Which, interesting thing about that little factoid about me with mm-hmm. the Thunderbird is uh, I used to, well, used to could, used to could um, take a nap uh, during my lunch break when I uh, worked for a previous company and stuff like that, because I had an hour and I really only needed 30 minutes. So I saw the other 30, I kind of taking a nap. But one of my times, it was weird. Like I had a small, short dream between a sleep and awake that I was laying down in like wooded area and I could see into the, the treetops, stuff like that into the sky mm-hmm. and a giant bird, like humongous in size, wingspan, big, humongous flew over that I only interpret as a thunderbird. Dang. Yeah. Well, I have an also a freaky story like that okay so when i actually drive right i meditate which it's not as dangerous as it sounds <laughs> uh, i'm fully aware but it's like i'm kind of at a stillness where i can have like these thoughts as i'm driving and for a, a while like a year or two when my sister lived with us we would go out and have jokingly have these like night runs anyways it was dusk it wasn't like nighttime it was like kind of close anyways we decided to make a target run and it was uh which we'll call it like uh super stormy out and we were coming back i was driving i was just looking i was looking at the clouds and i was saying oh you know like oh it's a bad storm coming and all that stuff all of a sudden i see this huge shadow of a bird amongst the clouds and it literally is verbatim like a thunderbird there's a snippet in this little like thing that i'm going to talk about i never knew that like what the thunderbird kind of like represented a little bit until i started researching for this episode and it makes sense and it's kind of mind-blowing that i saw it in storm clouds I don't know if it was like a third eye thing or if it was just, I don't know, but it was a, uh, cause I remember asking my sister, holy crap, do you see that big thing? What is that? And she was like, I don't know, but this is why I don't like taking night runs with you. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. I remember you told me when you got back, like what? Yeah. Huh. For a year straight, every time we would do a night run, it's weird stuff would happen. Anyways. So. What are Thunderbirds or the legend behind Thunderbirds? So the Thunderbird is a giant bird with a wingspan of up to 20 feet that is said to inhabit the Bridgewater Triangle. Several witnesses have reported seeing a large bird-like creature flying overhead with some describing it looking as like a pterodactyl. And it's been mainly seen in Hockamock Swamp. One story, uh, 1971, a police sergeant, Thomas Downey, was driving near Bird Hill in Easton, uh, Massachusetts, where he claimed to have seen a six-foot-tall creature with a wingspan nearly double its size. He watched the bird fly off and went to report it to the Easton police, but the police just laughed, and he stood by his story, though, even after they were ridiculing him. Was there some picture? I don't remember. Yeah, there's a picture that shows like hunters. They took like no, it was soldiers from like mm-hmm. World War One, right? Yeah, and like I guess it was like they were here at the time. No, it's before World War One. Yeah, it's an old. It's like, it like eighteen eighteen ninety yeah. something like that. I have this picture, or U.S. soldiers like, at the time. This is before World War One. 
where like they they shot down a thunderbird they had it like strapped up against a wall and it's like humongous yeah it's yeah. huge another story in either taunton river i guess mm. uh in 1971 several witnesses reported seeing a large bird with a wingspan of 12 feet in the town of taunton massachusetts the bird was described as resembling again a pterodactyl with a long black beak and sharp talons talons Talons, yeah. Talons. What is with these words today? I don't know what the heck. Some witnesses claim that the bird was able to pick up small animals and carry them away. Thunderbirds. Anyways. So, I was able to find an article that really went in depth with Thunderbirds. So, apparently, Thunderbirds were protectors of humans or known for protecting humans from evil spirits they bring rain and storms and can provide provide or wreak havoc for people uh thunderbirds come from the ability to bring storms and yeah so i thought that was interesting with my story that i saw it in storm clouds which is i was like whoa what another story in 1980 another police sergeant spottled 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 sorry that's a funny word spotted a tall winged creature while driving there was another incident in 1999 a man named mark Vogt reported seeing a large bird with a wingspan of approximately eight to ten feet in the town of rehoboth uh, he claimed that the bird was able to fly at a high rate of speed made a loud screeching sound and that the bird had a distinctive diamond-shaped pattern on its wings and then there was another one in 2014. A man named John Baker reported seeing a large bird with a wingspan of approximately 8 to 10 feet in the town of Mansfield, Massachusetts. Sounds like a condor. Huh? Condors usually have that kind of wingspan. He also reported the bird appeared to be hunting his prey in a field near his home. So, with this being said, I had a couple questions when I was researching and listening to these stories. So, I typed in to Google... And I asked, are there any birds that could be mistaken as Thunderbirds? And they gave me four kind of examples. Uh, The American White Pelican, which is a large bird that has a wingspan of up to nine feet. A distinctive curved beak and has been or could be mistaken for a Thunderbird uh, due to its size and unusual appearance. Um, Another one was a California Condor. Uh, largest birds in North America, wingspan of over 10 feet, as a distinctive bald head and dark colorization. The other one, a golden eagle, which is a large bird of prey with a wingspan up to 7 feet, distinctive gold-brown coloration, and a hooked beak, which has been mistaken for features of a thunderbird. Um, and then the turkey vulture was another one, was the last one that it kind of said, uh, which is a large bird with a wingspan of up to 6 feet and has dark colorization and a distinctive red head. So then my next thing was, are any of these birds possible to find in the Bridgewater Triangle? Could, because I don't know the birds up there. I've seen turkey vultures. Have you? Turkey vultures? Yeah. That's what those little things in the yard next. Giant bush. Yeah. With all these, like, it was like, it was like overgrown and stuff like they were just living in it. Yeah, and I remember because my brothers, who are young, they're around our son's age. I remember they were like, oh my god, it's turkeys. And I was like, no, get away from the fence. That's not turkeys. It's vultures. They'll fly and pick Uh, your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I still remember. Anytime I hear vulture, I think of that story that you told me that I didn't know that they have, like, their defense mechanism is to throw up. And it's like acid. You gotta remember what they eat. Yeah, that's true. Eat the dead. All right, so their stomach acid has it. It can take the paint off cars dang yeah so like i said i asked if it was possible to find these birds in massachusetts the american white pelican it's not typically found in massachusetts but a straggler could potentially go there california candor particularly found in western united states it there's possible that there could be a stray but not enough what why are you pronouncing things just slightly off I don't know. Condor. Condor. Not Candor. Candor. Like a wizard. <laughs> Candor. I am Candor of Lavarcada. What is wrong with you? It's the heat. No, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't make you say the word slightly different. It's the heat. And you know what? When I was typing this out, like typing my notes together, I literally told myself, it's Condor, Megan, not Candor. Anyway, where's the A? 
<laughs> no, <not>. Exactly. <laughs> Primarily found in western United States, it's possible again that a stray could end up in Massachusetts, but not enough to where counters don't add up to how many could be over there. Golden Eagle, again, rare, but could visit Massachusetts. And then a turkey vulture, common bird in Massachusetts, uh, can be seen uh, regularly flying overhead. And it's possible that this bird could be found in the Bridgewater Triangle. So then I was like, you know what? I want to see pictures of these things. And so I've seen, you know, that picture that you're talking about of the Thunderbird and like depictions of what a Thunderbird looks like. And the only one that I found that looked the most like it was the condor. But it can't be in Massachusetts. So the mystery is still alive as to what the heck if it really is a Thunderbird. Yeah. So that's what I found. But the next cryptid we're talking about is probably the most talked about one when it comes to uh, the Bridgewater Triangle. Has a cool little name uh, called... Puckwudgie. And Puckwudgies are mythological creatures from Native American folklore. Uh, there's been reports of Puckwudgie sightings in the Bridgewater Triangles with witnesses describing small humanoid figure creatures with uh, oversized ears and noses. Um, there's also some folklore that says that it could shape shift into light balls. And so some of the phantom lights that people supposedly are seeing could be a Puckwudgie. Mm. There, I think I talked about it last episode, but there was a guy, I guess he's a like YouTuber paranormal investigator. He grew up in the Bridgewater Triangle area, and so he goes there quite frequently. And he had a couple good videos of going through Freetown Forest and the Hockamock Swamp. And he talked about one of his encounter stories, exploring with Josh, that's who it was. Hmm. One of his Puckwudgie stories, or... He doesn't know for sure if it was, but uh, he had multiple encounters of a light chasing them out of the forest. Could be a puck wedgie. The name actually translates into little into little wild man of the woods that vanishes. And if you hear a lot of these encounter stories, that I'm going to tell you that's that's what it is. It's like a little man, like hairy a troll? thing. Eh, kind a of a lot. I think from the depictions that people have shown it almost looks like a child wearing a hairy costume Hmm. it's it's weird but that vanishes so in part one i talked about a story um at a location called easton mills road which is in the bridgewater triangle uh the story was a there was a sign that was marking a site of an 18th century sawmill the guy that I guess the guy that owned the sawmill was named John Seeley. And the sign says that Seeley's son, Nathan, was a wizard and used satanic imps to run the mill overnight. Many believe that Nathan was the devil himself and the imps were actually puckwudgies. Isn't that strange? It's like (laughs) this thing is like a rabbit hole of just... Anyways, okay, so... One encounter story happened in Freetown. In the 1990s, a group of teenagers reported encountering a Pugwudgie in the Freetown State Forest. The creature was described as being three feet tall, which is around kind of like what everybody... Like, again, a little kid. Like, a size of a little kid. Uh, Three feet tall with a large nose and ears, sharp claws. The creature allegedly appears out of nowhere, which is a common thing, um, and began to chase the teenagers... And they were able to get away. So I wasn't really able to find any stories, any like encounter stories where like the Puckwudgies were like bad, if that makes sense. They're more like mischievous. I feel like if you challenged one, it would probably react kind of bad. But it, it does kind of remind me of like a bigger gnome or a bigger goblin of the fate. Yeah, yeah 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 that's what it reminds me of and then another one happened in hockamock swamp 2016 so that was not that long ago a man named tom kaplan recorded encountering a pukwudgie in the hockamock swamp he claimed that the creature was about four feet tall gray skin and glowing eyes uh the creature apparently followed him several minutes before disappearing in the woods that actually to me sounds more like the dover demon than pukwudgie yeah yeah, because the Dover Demon looks like a like little alien creature thing. You covered the Dover Demon on an episode. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> For some reason, every time it says like something demon, I think of like the Jersey Devil, which is like a giant fat cat with tiny wing thing. But uh, yeah, I forgot about the Dover Demon thing. Yeah. 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 
Um, 2019, a woman named Stephanie Burke reported encountering a pugwudgie while walking her dog in the town of Bridgewater, Mass. Burke claimed that the creature was about three feet tall, large nose, mischievous expression, uh, and of course, followed her, then disappeared into the woods. Apparently, a man in the early 2000s that saw a pugwudgie near his home in Lakeville, Massachusetts. Again, same description, three feet tall, large nose, mischievous expression, followed him, was intrigued by him for a couple minutes, and then disappeared. So this is kind of interesting. So one spot that we didn't talk about last episode was this place called the Ranham Dog Track. Uh, There's woods surrounding this area, which is between, it's called the Ranham Totten Greyhound Track, which closed for live racing in 2009. And it's also within the Hockamock Swamp. So the, the area that's around it is near the Hockamock Swamp. One well-known report was a man named Bill Russo, uh, who around midnight, which if you live in the Bridgewater Triangle, why are you walking your dog at night? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that just sounds like a bad, bad experience. I don't believe any of that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now I bet he does. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) so he's walking his dog uh, near the track when he spotted what he thought was a child dressed up in a strange furry costume standing under the streetlight next to the woods. Iwa Chukair was the strange words that the figure had told Russo. Um, Russo tried to talk to the figure after that, but there was no luck. His large dog, who was normally like, hey, I'm a large dog, back up, you know, and didn't easily get scared was extremely nervous and just wanting to go away. So he turned and left. So that is, I mean, if you search online, there is countless, countless stories of Pukwudgies, weird lights that some people think are the Pukwudgies shape-shifting. But it is a Native American-based creature, which fits right into the land. What what was the word that it said? It said, Iwachukair. Iwachukair? Mm-hmm. Why do you say it like that? Like what? I don't know. It sounded weird. I try to yeah. think of it how Algonquin language would sound. Ichiku wire. Yeah, it sound that to me sounds like from what we've heard before, and that's the thing is the Wampanoag people and the Algonquin tribes are really big with the Pukwudgies. Maybe make it. You know, it's funny if you say it in an Irish accent, it sounds like a phrase. Eat kitchen wire. I don't know. Sounds like <laughs> eat kitchen wire. So eat kitchen wire. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, okay. It's probably not that. Funny though, it, like there were lip crowns and not, not puck wedgies, and they were speaking like. Your Irish accent always sounds like the Lucky Charm guy. So strange. Anyways, I'm telling you guys, it's the heat. The heat is seeping. It's not the heat. Just kidding. Maybe it's just the, uh, you know, this is kind of like very, uh, what do you call it? Atmospheric with the windows open. Because it sounds like a dang swamp with the frogs and stuff out there. And a helicopter circling our neighborhood for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that is about. But the hospital's right there and they have a landing pad, so. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. On to the next thing, which would be. My fear. I don't. Uh, mm, I would rather <laughs> deal with a pukwudgie than this. So apparently, the area has giant snakes, like weird snakes. It's like a not, swamp. Yeah. yeah, but there's reports of giant snakes, including a species known as the King Phillips snake in the Bridgewater Triangle. Uh, witnesses have described seeing snakes measuring up to twelve feet long, with some claiming that the snakes are as thick as telephone poles. Which, fun fact about me, when I was a kid, and I had no reason, no reason at all to be saying this, but I would consistently tell my mom, anytime we'd walk by a body of water, I'd be like, oh, there's there's an anaconda in there. That's why I don't like bodies of water that are not the ocean. Which is funny, because the ocean has probably more terrifying things in it. But I, you will not see me in a river or lake. That's why even in Texas, where tubing and going into natural rivers and stuff like that is a big thing. I was not. I remember I went fishing with a friend one time for the first time ever. We had a stand in the lake or river, whatever you call it in Texas. And I was, she was like, why are you so freaking out? And I was like, because there are snakes in these waters. But apparently Lake Nipin Nipin Nicket. Nip Nicket. Apparently has 
a like there's a lot of people that witness these giant snakes and apparently some people have said that that's why their trout population has an issue is these giant snakes mm. strange people have seen strange shapes moving throughout the water and apparently this lake is even weirder because there was a report i uh, don't know how true it is but there was a report that frogs actually were falling on people at the lake from trees i don't know that the falling from trees that would make sense but i guess well there's that old urban legend about tadpoles being absorbed into the rainwater right and then hatching up there somehow turning to frogs and the time it takes it to rain back down and land on people Ugh. yeah so not my cup of tea i don't like that either frogs don't scare me but I don't know if I'd want to be rained on by frogs. I've been rained on by cockroaches before, but you were there, so you know that. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Don't buy a house that apparently the trees in the backyard rain cockroaches. Oh, yeah. That was that was <laughs> terrifying. So the next one is the Dover Demon, which has been described as a pale human humanoid creature. Bulbous nose. And no mouth. Limbs and fingers are super long. And apparently you can walk on either two legs or all fours. Eyes can glow and can change. uh, Or people have seen them from different colors ranging from orange to green. Uh, Basically looks like a gray alien. Apparently in April of 1977, there was a two-day stretch where several people were seeing the creature and reported it to police. They were all brought in for questioning and they were separated and the police asked them to draw what you saw. Apparently all the drawings were similar even though they were nowhere in the same room with each other. Uh, However, the police dismissed it and nothing was ever done. Dun dun dun! So, I think that kind of ends the cryptid section of this episode, but there... Even though they never really talk about it, I'm pretty sure there's probably skinwalker stuff, probably. That that makes me wonder if some of these places that are Native American-based, if there's negative and positive, but sometimes it gets out of whack. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's more negative versus positive at these at certain locations. But it starts off being a balance, like a, like a regulating thing. You know what I mean? On the spiritual realm. Well... It's something that we haven't never encountered before. But then again, the only cryptid I've ever actually encountered um, was a gnome I saw outside our house. Uh, Which, when I tell people that, you think me with my Shadow Walker ability, or even my brief 10 years having episodes where it looked like I was bleeding into other realities. No, no, no. That whole gnome thing, man. That's what strikes people's interest. Me seeing one of those suckers. Which... So, I mean, I've seen a lot of weird shit, but that was the first thing I ever saw that. That was a note. Which I used to joke with him so hard about that because he was adamant. Like, he was like, I saw this. Like, this was a thing. And I would joke with him. And every time we would leave for the gym, I would be like, are you going to see your gnome out there? And he would be like, shut up. Fu- yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> and until one day I was out. It was like dusk. And I was waiting for Isaac to get home. And sure enough, I saw one as well. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I'm still trying to rationalize it. But the point I was making is that we, I, I haven't had my ability to go against a cryptid. So I don't know if I can feel their energy mm. as if they're even made out of. They actually be living creatures like people. So I don't know if I'll have any effect against them. In situations like that, that's when you pull out a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Die! Boom, 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 boom. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, the next thing we're going to talk about is the UFO sightings. Yes. And kind of coincide with, like, the mysterious lights that appear in the the forest and stuff like that. Because, again, it could be the Pukwudgies. Who knows? She's drifting <laughs> into lights. But, um, so. I feel like, is... I feel like, I know it's a Native American term, but it sounds like such, like, a redneck thing to say. Even though there are no rednecks in that area. It's a bunch of Southie Bostoners going, it's it, a damn puckwudgie, man. Yeah. Oh. Like I said, like a redneck saying, get that dang puckwudgie out of here. It yeah. sounds like something in the South. Like, get that damn puckwudgie out there messing with my trash. To be quite honest, it literally sounds like something that would be 
over here. In North Carolina, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, damn, Puck, what you got my trash <laughs> last night and threw it everywhere. Like, I can see you going to a to a person that you're, like, pest controlling with telling you about a Puck Wedgie. I said, I'm so glad you're here. That damn Puck Wedgie's got into my back, my porch area, and it tore it up. I mean, it pooped everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, turn a serious thing into, but, it may, but, you know what? It's, it's, Mainly, I didn't even ask this question. I should have asked this question about if puck wedgies have been seen anywhere else. But apparently, it's it's big with the Wampanoag people and Algonquin tribes as well. And we also have Algonquin Algonquin tribes down here as well. So yeah, it would make sense. I don't know. Aliens. Aliens. Yes. Yeah. UFO and lights. So. It's kind of crazy because apparently UFO sightings have and lights have been seen all the way back to 1760, which that blows my mind. Like, what could you imagine being a settler or and being in a Native American tribe and seeing these crazy things in the sky? So apparently, in 1760, there was reports of seeing things in the sky, but also strange noises echoing throughout the sky with what reports that they had they said basically it was a strange glowing shape could so big that it could cast a shadow in bright daylight another one happened well that we're gonna we're jumping from 1760 to 1972 again 1970s the heck was going on there was like something was ignited someone pushed a button that just totally radiated a Energy from it's the called disco. Yeah, um, <laughs> in 1972, there was a mass sighting of UFOs. July 3rd, 1972, people in the South Shore area of Massachusetts looked up to the night sky and spotted a strange sight. It was a triangular object that looked diamond-shaped, and apparently, the local naval naval base received many phone calls. Still, no answers to what it was, and. Apparently, it was visible for over half an hour and over 26 witnesses. Mm. Um, apparently, too, there was something called uh, something that was seen by multiple witnesses in 2011. 21 separate reports were filed of spheres of light in the night sky. It was literally like a ball of light in the night sky. What would you do if you saw that? Well, Try and pull it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I reach out with my ability to see if I can yeah. feel anything. Uh, but no, I've seen a ball of light follow me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that story you were saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Aliens 1 or 2, I forget what I told that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go back yeah. and listen to that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another one going back down the timeline again. 1908, a farmer in Bridgewater reported seeing a large cigar-shaped object in the sky, emitted a bright light and a humming noise before disappearing from the view. So apparently, the UFO sightings that have been talked about here, humming noise and bright lights. Which, every time I think about anything in the sky because i normally um i've never really experienced like alien activity i guess you could say I, I i mean i believe aliens kind of exist but i've never experienced it to say a hundred percent you know i'm like at a 90 percent kind of ratio over here percentage you think we would live near an air base with yeah. all the helicopters that are flying over yeah I EQ the helicopter. Sound. I feel like they like they, oh the recording. Get in the helicopter, sir. Why are we getting a helicopter? The, rec- the hidden out. shadows. They're recording. We have to mess up the recording by flying over the head. We go back and forth, sir. That's gonna waste fuel into taxpayers' money. I don't care. We have to oh, ruin their podcast. You got a whole skit <laughs> over here. I run scenarios all the time. I can see it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I remember when we were investigating Patsy's pond, and I didn't get it the first time. But the second time we went out there and Mike was saying, because we did this thing where we do the Estes method. He keeps it on like he he will blindfold himself and he will keep the headphones on and just kind of go and answer questions, you know, that come through or whatever. And it's kind of it, it, like literally it's like it, the spirits are channeling through him. It's kind of crazy. He kept going. I don't know what these sounds are. The best way I can describe it is like alien sounds like static manipulation like it's weird and i remember looking up to the sky and obviously we're in like forest there's trees there's no reason why i should be seeing this but it literally looked like 
a translucent translucent ferris wheel in the sky and i don't know why i saw that i don't know why that was there so i don't know if it was like a third eye thing or what but he kept going this is alien stuff like i don't know what this is is not even like it's just sound i remember him saying that but i don't remember you telling me that yeah I will. I tend to th- keep a lot of stuff during investigations quiet unless it's like significant, and that was like one thing that I kept seeing. Uh, you described what people in biblical times described in the sky. Really? Yes. Oh snap! <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> no, it was like a Ferris wheel with that was translucent up in the sky, and it was following us as we were walking. A wheel of lights that looked like it was on fire. Yeah, that's biblical time stuff. Dang. Well, yeah, that's that's what I saw. It was uh, Crossroads. Right at the Crossroads. Interesting. Yep. Now we have to go back there again. Yeah. And Crossroads, <laughs> which I did a research when we were doing... What research was it? This, I think it was the first episode because I was curious of the Bridgewater Triangle about swamps and like different things. And we always tend to go at a, like a crossroads and apparently crossroads are important it's like an intersection of like spiritual energy or something like that it's specifically for that and so i find it interesting that we always stop at crossroads even at the park area that we're investigating we talked about the crossroads even the spirits that have been talking and communicating with us from that area said go to the crossroads which is what we're going to be doing this week yep so stay tuned to that mm-hmm Anyways, so like I said, 1908, a farmer saw a large cigar-shaped object in the sky, emitted a bright light and a humming noise before disappearing. 1968, um, several witnesses reported seeing a UFO near Dighton Rock. I think that's how you say it. Uh, The object was described as saucer-shaped and emitting a bright light. So this is one spot that we saved for this episode, but would definitely be one that we would probably go to if we had like unlimited access to Bridgewater Triangle, like to go there and, and I would love to like spend a week there and go to like different locations every night. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, almost like it'd be like a three day thing. Yeah. Yeah. But so what is Dighton Rock? So it is a large boulder located it was originally located in the Taunton River near the town of Berkeley. The rock is covered in petroglyphs, which are ancient carvings dating back to at least the sixth the seventeenth century. Carvings can involve or include various symbolic and geometrical shapes, as well as human figures, animals and other objects. Uh, some believe it was the work of Native American tribes, Viking settlers, like Viking people that came over here, or even early European settlers, but most people are saying that, or theorize that it's basically more Native American based or even Viking based. Some believe that the rock is a site of spiritual and mystical power that provides supernatural energy. One of the main places, because when I read about that, I was like, oh, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And that is one of the main places that I want to go to is find this rock and see if I can feel anything off of it. Oh yeah, and it would be, I would be interested in to see what Mike gets too. Mm. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, another one, 1976, Freetown. Uh, several witnesses reported seeing a UFO near the forest. Object was described as being triangular in shape with red and white lights uh, and was seen hovering over the forest. 1994, another UFO, several witnesses hovering over Mansfield. The object was described as being a bright white light that moved quickly through the sky. And then again in 1997, Hockamock Swamp, lights in the sky with red or, or that are white or red and moving in unusual patterns. So, I find that super interesting. So, um, a lot of these people see a lot of lights in the different areas that we've talked about um, within the Bridgewater Triangle, Free State Forest. Um, and I can even attest to like our investigations. We've seen lights in Pringle Road on Patsy's Pond, which is all part of the Croatoan National Forest. I think even in the area that we were investigating the park, there were some lights on the trail that, okay, why is that there? There's no body there. There's no flashlights. Like, what is that? There's an interesting thing that I did not know. Apparently, did you know swamp gas could create uh, like balls of light, orbs? Did you not watch Men in Black? No, I did not. Oh my god! I like the song though. Or I didn't like the song when I was a kid. I liked the song. <laughs> One of the excuses, and it's an old trope that, um, f- like 
FBI or CIA or even cops always use for people to say if it wasn't an alien, it was this, is uh, uh, some swamp gas got caught up with reflecting light off of Venus, and that's what caused the lights in the sky. Really? Yeah. They always yeah. say well, swamp gas plus this, even though there's no swamp for 100 miles. Dang. I didn't know that about swamp gas, though. It, it can do that, but it's super rare. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cover-up. Yeah. Like most things are. So, um, that is pretty much what I have. Because I could go on and on and on and on and on and on <laughs> about... <laughs> that was filler. Um, <laughs> um, about people's encounters um, from... seven. You got so from 1760 to 1990s, even times today of people witnessing things again it just shows like the magnitude that the bridgewater triangle is and i find it interesting the fact that it is a triangle and the significance that the triangle has in spiritual references and stuff like that but there was one thing that i found super interesting so it it caused a lot of digging but there's a site called www.medium.com and it's kind of like one of those like blogging sites that people can contribute articles to and there was a lady there her name is Regina Clark, and the article was, I once lived inside the Paranormal Bridgewater Triangle. And she shared that, because she didn't even know this until recently. Did you hear that? What? I have headphones on. You didn't hear that? It sounded like something, but I was talking, so I could... It sounded like somebody yelling, like a scream. Ah! Well, you know, we are coming off the 4th of July, so there's probably some people that are... All right. Doing some crazy what stuff. What if we picked it up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but apparently she said that she had found out that the land within the Bridgewater Triangle has a high level of quartz, which anybody that knows quartz normally amplifies things. Mm. So that's one thing. Um, and she quoted something. She because she wrote the article, but she quoted something um, about the Bridgewater Triangle and about experiences that I thought was kind of interesting, kind of sums up a perfect way to sum up everything that we've talked about. And this is the quote. People have said that this, that being at a site in the Bridgewater Triangle, it has a power and energy that feels like a live thing. They observe how it can get under your skin and letting go of the effect it has on you can be difficult. From what you experience keeps entering the senses and drawing you back to whatever happened to you. Mm. So it's kind of like when you go there, how I interpret it is like when you go there, whatever you experience is one of those things that stays with you. Like it's one of those things you won't forget. Well, when we go there, uh, we're going to find out a lot of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I think that actually concludes part two. Yep. Of the Bridgewater Triangle. Which, uh, if we... I, I didn't even know this place existed until yeah. we found it randomly. Or you found it randomly. Yeah. yeah. I had heard it from different people talking about it here and there. But I was thinking, ah, the Bridgewater Triangle. But, oh, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the last episode. But I thought this was interesting as well. Apparently, when we, we posted that we were covering the Bridgewater Triangle... Uh, we got some people that had messaged in that, uh, like, lived there or had been there before. And they said the stillness in, like, Hockamock Swamp area, which it's, it's uh, I think it's the Hockamock Swamp that they were talking about. But it's also known that the Hockamock Swamp has a stillness to it. And I find that super interesting. Um, almost like, we've talked about it before with, like, Dudley Town, how there's, like, no birds, no you don't hear anything. It's just completely silent. Uh, one person said that there was a specific road that they went down or like trail area that they went down that it was dead silent. It's almost like you're in a bubble. Mm. It's something. So what are we doing next? So next is it's an opportunity to go back and kind of touch on haunted objects, uh, which I kind of enjoy. I kind of enjoy, you know, touching on. But it's antiques gone wrong. So encounter stories of people that have merely just gone into a thrift store or gone to a yard sale and accidentally took home a haunted mirror. Or um, wasn't there a horror movie where like she goes to a, a estate sale or something and takes home like a, a Divic box or something like that? 
So like the uh, the plot line for a lot of horror movies. Yeah, I feel like yeah. there was something like that, or like a cursed item, or something. I don't know what it was, but so we're basically going to dive into those stories. I think it's super interesting because if you believe we're all made up of energy, I feel like somebody could attach, or even like a a, a you know what I kind of want to touch on too. You know, we always talk about like haunted dolls, but can I would think mannequins could be haunted too, right? I just There's... talked about some weird people's. Like people's weird fears. Well, I don't like mannequins. There's uh, plenty of stories out there, but there's the uh, also the human-sized clown doll that's at the clown motel. Oh yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think about the clown motel. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, but yeah, I think that concludes. Um, We might. Who knows? Uh, We'll probably if we ever go to the Bridgewater Triangle, we will probably. Tell our encounter stories. So this isn't the last time you're hearing about the Bridgewater Triangle. We're probably, uh, if we don't actually go there, if we don't actually go there, we will probably do another episode sometime in the future, just recapping everything or any new information we found. Yep. But yeah, so stay tuned for Antiques Gone Wrong. And yeah. Okay, I'm rambling. It's the heat. Yeah. (laughs) As always, guys, you can catch our social medias at Hitting the Shadows Podcast on Instagram, Hitting the Shaw Six on Twitter, Hitting the Shadows Pod Two on TikTok. Our links to all our social media and all the ways you can listen to us at HittingTheShadowsPodcast.com. And as always, we'll catch your widows in the next one. Yep. <laughs>